This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Does someone want to scream? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. All right, let's get into God's Word this morning. In the first service, Director Damola Adisa began to share with us about incubation, right? In other words, meditation and the power of meditation. Beautiful word from heaven. In the second service, I began to talk about after the trumpet, what happens declares a season of favor and how to walk in that favor. You know, people are not just lucky. Some of us are not just lucky. We are favored. <laughs> well, if you say it is luck, we are laboring under correct knowledge. L-U-C-K. So we are not just lucky. We are blessed. We are favored. And one day of favor can transform the life of a man absolutely. I'm telling you. One night, Joseph slept in the prison, woke up in the morning, and the following day he slept as the prime minister of Egypt. That's what favor can do. Yeah. Because Pharaoh could have heard the interpretation of the dream and chosen someone else. <laughs> he could have heard the interpretation of the dream and said, you know, okay, go back to prison. <laughs> but when there is favor, there is acceptance. Access. Favor is a supernatural advantage at work in the life of a person. Now, this third service, I want to share with us Again, after the trumpet sound, what does it do? It ushers us into a season of kingdom influence. Revelations chapter 11, verse 15. Let's just read this very quickly. And then we can take our seats. Revelation 11:15. The Bible says, and the seventh angel sounded. Can we put, give us in the amplified? Can you give us the scripture in the amplified? Amplified says, then the seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom, dominion, rule of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever. Somebody say amen. amen. This is God's plan, and it would happen in Jesus' name. Can we be seated this morning? A season of kingdom influence. That's one of the things that the trumpet ushers in. Um, it's interesting that we're in a... Well, even though this was not logically planned, but it so happened that during the course of the week, um, the world lost a very great individual, Queen Elizabeth II. 
And um, I think if you've been following all of the proceedings after our death, you would have a very good picture of some of the things we'll be talking about very briefly this morning. You remember yesterday, they spoke about a ceremony where they were acknowledging the new king of England, King Charles III. And if you observe, one of the things that happened was they blew the trumpets and everybody said, what? God save the king. Yes, you've been following. We know those that are watching Atoka and instead of watching. <laughs> Praise God. One of the things that the sound of the trumpet ushers in is a season of kingdom influence and growth. Now in Exodus chapter 19, verse 6, Exodus 19, 6, God speaking through his prophet, Moses, he says, and you shall be unto me. This is God speaking about the Israelites. You shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation set apart for my purpose. What is God's purpose? I showed us at the beginning that his kingdom would reign from one end of the earth to the other. These are the words that you shall speak to the Israelites. God told Moses. Now, after God spoke to Moses and Moses communicated these words to the Israelites, these words didn't come to pass immediately. Why? Because there was a separation between the priestly ministry and the kingly ministry. So in the Old Testament, we had individuals who were kings, we had individuals who were priests, as the way we had prophets. And they did different things. The priests were those who stayed in the tabernacle, offering sacrifices to God, communicating with God, and getting the things that are in the mind of God and bringing them to the face of the earth. The kings were the ones who ruled, who built cities, who went to war. And so God had been looking for a way to ensure that his people would be a kingdom of priests. No division between the two offices. And one of the things God did was that he began to prophesy, inspiring different prophets to speak words. So in Zechariah chapter 6, verse 13, Zechariah 6, verse 13, Zechariah begins to speak about Jesus. And he said something very interesting about Jesus. You can give me the King James. It's, it's fine. I'll tell you when I need the Amplified. He says, even he, talking about Jesus, he shall build the temple of the Lord and he shall bear the glory and shall sit and rule upon his throne and he shall be a priest upon his throne and the council of peace shall be between, be between them both. Meaning, God was saying that when Jesus comes, Jesus was not only going to exercise his authority on the face of the earth as a priest, but he was also going to do it as a king. So when we give our lives to Christ, one of the things that happened to us is explained to us in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. 
Revelations 1 5. The Bible says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. Remember that in John chapter 1, verse 14, Jesus is called the only begotten. But when he gets to Revelation, calls him the first begotten. Why? Because Jesus now has younger brothers and younger sisters. Me and you. So he says the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Ha. What was John the Revelator saying here? Ha. He says and the kings of the earth. Was he talking about the Alafi and all of those people? You will get to understand now. He says unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Meaning he was talking about us when he spoke about the kings of the earth. Verse 6. Now says, and hath made us. The same way, you know, this same word is used in um, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Where he says, he made him to be seen for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Uses the same word, and hath made us kings and priests unto our God and his Father. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, in case we missed that, God inspired John to say the same words, but with an inclusion. In Revelations chapter 5, verse 10. Revelations 5, 10. He says, and had made us. Maybe let's start reading from verses 8 to give us some context. He says, and when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and, 24, the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb. Ah. <sighs> Having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Verse 9. He says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God. By thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Now, verses 10. And hast made us unto our God, kings and priests. And we shall what? Reign on earth. You mustn't miss that part. Now, if you look at this verse, it says, And has made us unto our God, kings and priests. And what do you have there before you have the and? Talk to me, English students. A colon. And we shall reign on earth. Now, in, if I were to equate a colon in English to mathematics, it would be equals to. Meaning... What I said before, you understand it with what I'm going to say next. Or you can choose to understand what I said next by looking at what I said before. 2 plus 2 is 4. 4 is equal to 2 plus 2. Meaning it is impossible for us to reign on earth until we understand that we've been made kings and priests. There are two ways the Bible describes believers in the Bible. There are some times that believers are described based on our identity. So there are places in the Bible you find, the Bible says specifically, you are the salt of the earth. You are born again. You are a new creation. You are a son of God. You are a child of God then there are places that the Bible describes us based on our function. It says you are a king, you are a priest, you are a light, you are an ambassador. 
So our reigning on the face of the earth is dependent on us understanding that our function on the face of the earth is to reign as kings and priests. Now, <laughs> who are priests? Priests are individuals, like I said earlier, who have an understanding of their spiritual heritage in Christ and by virtue of that they enact certain things on the face of the earth from the realm of the spirit. Priests are those who understand that life is spiritual and there are certain things that you do not deal with in the physical realm naturally. Priests are those who understand that the spiritual realm governs the natural realm. Priests are those who understand their position in Christ. That they can, by virtue of technologies such as prayer, make things happen on the face of the earth that human beings can naturally ensure it does not happen. Those are priests. But who are kings? Kings are those who exercise dominion on the face of the earth. Kings are those who enter into territories and gain those territories for their master by virtue of their understanding of who they are. Kings are those who ensure that their ideology and value system is what rules and reigns wherever they are. Kings are those who expand the territory of God's kingdom on earth. But you see, it is impossible to effectively function as a king if you do not understand your priesthood. Because if you look at the world today, you find individuals who have dominated different fields. Some of them do not even acknowledge Christ. They've dominated the medical field, dominated the media field. So it is what they want that happens in the medical, in the med media, in education, is what they want. And these guys have no allegiance whatsoever to Christ. They are operating as kings because you must understand this and hear me very well. When God made man in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, he gave man, not Christians, he gave man a mandate for dominion. So you don't need to be a Christian to exercise dominion. You must understand that. So you can operate as a king on the face of the earth by virtue of your knowledge of certain principles. However, what we've also found is that there is a limit to your influence if you do not understand some things about the spiritual dimension. So God is telling us that as believers, he wants us to exercise dominion on the face of the earth, but to do that effectively, we must understand our priestly ministry. This is how our agenda would spread. A lot of times people have heard lots of words and gotten motivated to go out into different spheres of influence 
to go and try to ensure they change that sphere of influence. So people have gone into politics, but they're falling flat. Why? They do not understand the priestly ministry. But one of the things you find in scriptures are individuals who understand, or understood rather, their kingly ministry, but also understood their priestly ministry. They understood that their reigning on the face of the earth was dependent on them understanding both the priestly and kingly ministry. So we have somebody like Joseph who interpreted the dream to Pharaoh. And after interpreting the dream to Pharaoh, Pharaoh asked him that, what do you suggest we do? And Pharaoh, Joseph said, well, look for a man in your realm that can administrate the abundance of the first seven years so that in the years of the, the next seven years of famine, there will not be, not be lack. And Pharaoh looked at him and said, I have looked at all my realm. I found no one as discreet and wise as thou art. So you, go and do it. People like Daniel, who understood what it meant to open his windows toward Jerusalem in prayers and pray to the God of heaven to bring things from the realm of the spirit to the realm of the physical. And so the realm of the physical, things are happening. But they did not understand that Daniel was there manipulating the things in the physical from the realm of the spirit. So the Bible tells us that there were 120 princes and then three presidents. And Daniel was the first of them. When his other colleagues, they looked at Daniel and saw that this guy, he knows something. So they went to meet the king and they told the king, can you tell everybody to stop praying for 30 days? And the Bible tells us, when Daniel heard that the decree had been signed, he did cower. He went, opened his windows toward Jerusalem. And he knelt and began to pray. And then, of course, they knew that that was what Daniel was going to do. They knew that Daniel was a man of conviction. A man who understood who, where he stood and who he was in the realm of the spirit. So they caught him. Sent him to the den of lions. And you know the story. Because anyone who understands his priestly ministry and his kingly ministry would never be defeated. Ah. We have people like Esther. The book of Esther is one book where the name of God is never mentioned once. But you could see God walking behind the scenes. So Esther, they told Esther that, well, your people are going to die. What would you do? And Esther said, well, give me some time. And the Bible says she went to, it is in the place of prayer she knew that rather than just going to meet the king, what you should do is to tell the king you are inviting him to a banquet. And that was what she did. And she got her answer. It is important for us to understand that after our ground conference, one of the things that God is calling us to do is to not only stand in our various offices or places of authority, but to spread the influence of the kingdom in those places. God is looking for the next individual who is going to bring the solutions to the problems in the medical field. They said there is no answer to cancer. 
God is looking for an individual who is going to prefer the answer. As if, have it not occurred to you that look at the Bible, David, Joseph, Daniel, all of them interpreted dreams. They interpreted dreams not from the natural. They interpreted dreams based on their relationship with God. They had access to information that others did not have access to. God wants to spread the knowledge of his glory everywhere on the face of the earth. There are people today who are going to die in penury if you and I do not rise. Your destiny is more than you. Stop thinking about yourself alone. You see, what were the strategies of the devil is to get people so fixated on survival that they ignore the fact that there is a bigger agenda out there. There are lives to be changed. And those lives will be changed by you and me. That is one of the things that God has called this church to. That is why you are hearing the kinds of words that you hear. Any sphere that you are operating, I want you to understand that God's will is that you dominate that sphere. Any sphere. It is time to overturn certain satanic policies. I mean, just some few days ago, one of the cartoons that my children like to watch, I mean, my wife sent me a chat, discovered that they've introduced two, two men, two what? Two, I didn't hear, two mummies, yes, two mummies, and explaining that it is okay. <laughs> we can complain from now till tomorrow, but you know what God's real plan is? That we get into those areas of influence and we change it. I understand, and I really do, understand that there are individuals that are supposed to travel. I understand that. And of course, you know, in this church, we never tell people, don't do this. And No, 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 we don't. Pastor never does that. But you see, the answer to Nigeria is you and me. Nations. If you study the history, I don't know. I, I mean, I read a lot. There are some books. There's a book, Why Nations Fail. Go and read that book. You discover that there are nations that have had it more terrible than Nigeria is right now. Read the book from Third World to First World. Things were so bad in Singapore that they were rearing pig on, you, you know, floors. Eye. Things were so bad. They were. It was so bad <laughs> that. The government of the day then said, you know what, okay, let's become, let's, let's try and make ourselves to be part of the country that was next to them. I don't want to mention the name of the country. After a while, that country said, you people are bad influence. Ah, your situation is this bad. They said, they told Singapore, you people should be going. Today, Singapore is one of the first world nations in the world. So, it is possible for nations to change. It is possible for Jesus to be glorified in countries, in companies, in businesses, in lives. See, rather than waiting and looking for who will give me scholarships, start thinking about how many people you are going to give scholarships to. That is the way I think. 
I have never prayed one day that God, I will buy a jet. No. My confession has been, I give out jets, houses, cars. That's the way I talk. God is looking for you and me to go out and influence the world for him. But I just want to share with you very quickly before I close four things that we are supposed to do to expand the influence of God's kingdom on earth. Number one, we should be aware of who we are. That we are kings and priests. In the book of Psalms 82, verse 5 to 7, it says, they know not, neither do they understand. It says, the foundations of the earth are out of course. So you see it. The problem, the reason why the foundations of the earth are out of course is because God's people are not aware of who they are. Because you read the next verse. He says, I have said, in case you've been missing it, I have said, you are gods and all of you are children of the Most High. Verse 7, a tragedy. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Why? Because they know not. So they are living lives like everybody. Ah, saints, you must understand who God has made you. You cannot allow the world system to influence you. You start to talk like them, dress. See, I am always conscious of this. I'm a king and a priest. When things happen, I don't just explain it away. Today, no customer came to your, office, your, your business. Tomorrow, no customer came. The third day, no customer came. I say, what's the problem? Say, maybe people are not just, maybe I should go and market more. <laughs> okay, continue. You see, as you're marketing, the first thing you're supposed to do is to go into your closet. I call them forth. From everywhere, from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. They begin to see my shop. In the name of Jesus. Then you go out there. And you see that you have changed something in the realm of the spirit. The next day you see that they are coming. They won't know what brought them. But they are coming. In the first service, second service rather, I was telling the church about how I discovered that I walk into a shop and people just start to come. Don't think it is natural. It is not natural. There are some things I say every morning that everywhere I go, good things happen. So it has to attract people to that shop. Be aware of who you are. Number two, leverage the technology of prayer. Matthew 18, 18 says in the king james he says whatsoever matthew 18 18 he says whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven heaven will put a rubber stamp bam whatsoever so the question is what are the things that are happening in your life what are the things happening in your business what are the things happening in your office what are the things happening in our nation that we are still allowing because to heaven, you are the one allowing it. 
<laughs> he says, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You can stand in one place and say, Lord, today I bind every force of darkness. What you are doing is you are rendering the forces of darkness parallel, paralyzed. They won't be able to operate that day. And then you say, I lose angels. Angels go forth and begin to organize things for you. Somebody in the UK just say, ah, I don't know. Your name has just been on my mind. Picks up the phone and calls you. You think they said, I don't know. I, you, you know. <laughs> they might not know, but you know. Stop tolerating things. Change things from the realm of the spirit through prayer. Prayer is a weapon that God has given us to reign and exercise dominion on the face of the earth. So I feel for those who your prayer life is, um, you know, as they say, the word coming to my mind. Okay, let me say it. Like as if you are doing tete. You know what tete is? <laughs> Today we do, tomorrow. When you pray, you are not doing God a favor. Victory hour. There are some people that have never come for victory hour. God help you. <laughs> Prayer. Number three. Exercising faith. Faith. The Bible says in the book of First John 5, 4. That and this whatsoever rather is born of God overcometh the world. He says, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even what? Our faith. So we conquer nations. We conquer industries by faith. By faith. What is faith? Faith is acting on the Rema word of God. So when you pray, there are things God, is going, God will communicate to you. Faith is stepping out and acting on those things. With confidence. I know there are lots of people that God has told you a lot of things. Start that business. You know, do this, do that. And one of the reasons why you've not done it is because of fear. Well, let me tell you a story. The book of Job. Job chapter 1 verse 3. Describes Job and says Job was the greatest man in all of the East. And tells us that Job had 10 children right three ladies and the remaining were guys were boys and the bible says that every time his children gathered to celebrate to have some feast the bible says immediately they were done job will quickly take them who say oh yeah let's sacrifice so in case my children have sinned and um, they've done anything what was job's problem when the devil wanted to talk about job you know what the devil said the devil came and told god he said ah he says, you've built a hedge around Job. That's why we cannot touch him. Job was not aware. And of course, even though it's, I mean, I don't have the time to explain, you know, the way the Bible described the things that happened in Job chapter 1, it was as if God said, oh yeah, go and deal with Job. That wasn't actually it, but I mean, I don't have the time. But bottom line was that a day came, all of Job's children died one day. Everything he had, sheep, everything were gone. And then when Job wanted to talk, in Job chapter 3, verse 25, let's see what Job said. He confessed. Job said, for the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. 
Let's read verse 26. He says, I was not in safety. Ah! Job that even the devil said <laughs> that you put a edge around him. This was Job's confession and his thinking. He says, I was not in safety. Neither had I rest. Neither was I quiet. Yet trouble came. Who brought the trouble to Job? Job. Fear, like faith, are spiritual connectors, my people. When the devil wants to attack a person, what the devil does is that he first of all introduces fear. <laughs> Once you entertain the fear, you would attract the thing that you are afraid of to yourself. And you would think it is God. This was the hole, the loophole the devil saw that he took advantage of to cost Job a lot of mishap. Saints, the Bible says, neither fear ye their fear. If God has said something, take a step. Don't look at situations and the first thing that comes to your heart is fear. Bind every kind of fear because it is the devil. It is not normal. The Bible says 365 times, fear not. King James. 365 times, fear not. So it's fear, one fear not for every day. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Why? Because you are a king and a priest. You have authority. Ah, some years back, you know, they showed this documentary. And it was a very interesting documentary. The current king of England now, King Charles, he was still a prince then. But he was royalty. So he went for an event. And when he got to that event, um, you know, it was, there were bulls. And you know those bulls that have these very terrible ones? You know, they were around. And one of the bulls charged and started running towards him. You know what? King Charles did. He just stood with his hand in his pocket. I was looking at <laughs> because royalties do not run. Hey, oh, hey, it has happened. No, no, no. They don't. They don't do that. And the bull charged and ran and got to his front. I just passed. I went. <laughs> you say, wasn't he afraid? They've schooled him that you are royalty. You are always in control. <laughs> Yeah. So they bring a letter and say, hey, we are sacking you from the office. I'm in control. It's your loss. I know what I carry. They bring say, hey, see what's happening. Oh, hey, hey, see this is child. You see the child. You understand that you can control things and manipulate things to your favor. Faith. Someone said fear is, is false evidence appearing real. In Isaiah chapter 8, he says, do not fear their fear. Do not talk like them. Do not call a conspiracy what they are calling a conspiracy. Because you are always in charge. And the last point which I wouldn't have a lot of time to talk about, is as kings and priests, it is very important that you improve your competence. 
improve your spiritual competence in the place of prayer. Improve your competence, naturally speaking. Grow from talent to skill. Grow from skill to competence. Grow from competence to being an expert. Grow from being an expert to being an authority. That should be your vision. Any field where you operate, see yourself on top. Don't see yourself as one of those. You don't find eagles on the floor. They're always swearing. Don't, you are not a chicken. The closest bird God described us to are eagles. The closest animal God described us to are lions. We are not chickens. We are eagles. And we fly and soar in the mighty name of Jesus. Can you jump up on your feet this morning? Or this afternoon, rather. And I want you to do something. Where you're standing, can you begin to say, Lord, I take my place as a king and a priest. I understand the sound of the trumpet has gone forth. <laughs> I respond to that sound by taking my place of influence. I respond to that sound. Wherever, whatever area where you operate, I want you to begin to speak that I am the authority in this area. In the name of Jesus. All that I require to become the one that is dictating the policies, dictating the things happening, dictating the trajectory of this particular field. Lord, it's coming to me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your children this afternoon. We take our place in the name of Jesus. And we extend the frontiers of God's kingdom on the face of the earth. Thank you for bringing us into a season of favor and a season of influence. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have prayed. Somebody say, say amen. Hello, thank you for watching us. We don't want this to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You know, um, after listening to God's word like this and you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it's an opportunity to come to him and it's a simple process because he has made all things available. I want to implore you now to give your heart to Christ. And by saying these words, because giving your heart to Christ must be done consciously. He has paid the price. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again. I believe that you shed your blood for my justification. I accept your finished work right now and I confess that you are the Lord of my life. I believe in you. Thank you, Jesus. If you have said those words, you are actually born again, a new creation in Christ. Join us for more of this. God bless you.